Penn State just landed quarterback Ethan Grunkmeyer for the class of 2024, and they might not be done. They're going to get another passer in this class, and it could be one that's already committed to another top program. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked on Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Zach Seiko, your host of your number one daily Nittany Lions podcast. And I am joined by Richie Snyderwright of Rivals, publisher for Rutgers, Penn State. Am I missing one in there, Richie? Uh, UConn, too. So UConn it's... as well. Yeah, my little monopoly I'm got, I got going on up here. Yeah. Hey, Dylan's got four. I mean, yeah, Dylan, yeah. Dylan contributes to four websites, so you're short by one. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of work, but it's fun. But it's, uh, you know, it's great to have you back on because you were just at the, the Rivals camp that was held in New Jersey. I just came mm-hmm. from the Elite 11 uh, in-state college. So we're going to have a part one and two here. This is, of course, part one where we're going to focus on the Pennsylvania side of things, all those quarterbacks that were at Elite 11, and then check out part two for the New Jersey camp that saw basic, more of a variety of mm-hmm. Penn State prospects and prospects that are in the region that fans should know about, but also something fans should know about. Lock the Nittany Lines, your go-to podcast for Penn State rivals. Visit happyvalleyinsider.com. And Richie, where can people keep up with your work and then all the things you do with UConn, Penn State, and Rutgers? Yeah, I mean, like you just said it, first off, happyvalleyinsider.com is our is our go-to for Penn State coverage. And if, if you want to follow me on social media, it's at rivals, rivals Richie. As as you can see below and uh yeah i t- tweet out some funny stuff once in a while but uh mostly um just good content and uh, recruiting scoops and one of those scoops that is we're going to talk about ethan grunkmeyer and some of the other quarterbacks that penn State, you know blake hebert was there miles o'neill there was a, a malik washington class of 2025 <laughs> i was i was enamored with him particularly <laughs> but this gets a little interesting now with Ethan Grunkmeyer. So he had the Elite 11 Finals invite right afterwards. He was the eighth official invite. They're looking to take 20 quarterbacks. But mm-hmm. one of the quarterbacks that was there, I think we need to put into, into the conversation as well. And Ryan Puglisi. Ryan Puglisi was... Uh, he showed why he's at least a, either near or inside the top 10, depending on rivals, I think, has him 11th on the, on the rankings for the class of 2024. Um, something like that I, I forget exactly where he's at but i know he's a four star so he's up there <laughs> yeah he's a four star and he's around the top 10 in the entire nation when it comes to 2024 quarterbacks uh it sounds like penn state's pushing to get a second quarterback in the class and ryan puglisi is just that kid he's committed to georgia where dylan rayola and we know this across the board he's the consensus number one for mm-hmm. the 2024 class so richie what can you tell us about penn state's interest in ryan puglisi so, I mean, yeah, just for starters, um, Adam Friedman posted it the other day. We've heard rumors about it on our end, too. But he uh, he went up to New England for they, – they had a sh- couple showcase days up there for some of the top prospects. And yeah. New England's growing heavily when it comes to recruiting. Um, they are just producing at a crazy rate right now. I think it's – actually, I was talking to someone on, on Sunday who actually did tell me that it's probably the biggest talent gap that they've ever had there. Like, this is an insane amount of talent up there now whether it be um, some of the prep schools or some of the public schools. But regardless, um, Ryan Puglisi is hearing a ton from Penn State. And that's not really too shocking because we've posted on our message boards on our website a ton of times. They want two quarterbacks. They want two quarterbacks. That's all we keep hearing. Now that they have one in the fold, they're going all out for that second one, and they're hoping they can get a four-star in Puglisi. Yeah, Puglisi, uh, more of your traditional pro-style quarterback. I think, And everyone's – 
saying that they settled for Ethan Grunkmeyer. And I, you know, <laughs> you go see it in person. And I already knew from speculation and just watching some of the film and highlights, like they did, they didn't settle for this kid. Clemson really wanted him to visit on campus, but they have that policy. They have that standard where they're not going to offer you until mm-hmm. you get to campus. And Penn State knew that. That's why they worked so hard to get him an offer, get him on campus, which the Elite 11 being in State College was so beneficial for Penn State because all those quarterbacks you're going to be up in the area. So what? You're just not going to take a visit. You're not going to take a stroll through yeah. Penn State's campus. You're not going to meet with any of those coaches. Like you'd be, I don't, you'd be silly not to. Let's just put it that way. And yeah. Penn State was able to benefit from, from that weekend. Yeah. No, you hit the nail on the head. I don't think you could have picked a better location for it because all these coaches at, at Penn State were raving about it um, just just yesterday. Yeah. Um, everyone was down the street, whether it be Puglisi, who's committed elsewhere, or Ethan, who's now committed, um, there were several skill position guys who had that who attended the All Twenty Two event at the Nike opening yeah. or Nike Elite Eleven. Sorry, it used to be called the opening, not anymore. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's great for Penn State to get all these kids close to campus, um, get them on campus. And uh, Ethan was one of those guys who took a visit to campus after Jalen Matt at campus afterwards. Um, I I, don't, I didn't hear anything about Puglisi visiting, but I wouldn't have shocked me if that was more of like a kind of a secret thing because he is still committed. So you have to be careful there, and you don't want to um, you don't want to annoy the, the other staff that you're already committed to, and then all of a sudden you're out of scholarship. I annoy the, the like that's interesting. I'm not trying to to poke criticism at what you just said there, but Georgia had essentially, I I consider Puglisi a top 10 quarterback. Okay. He's Mm -hmm. 11 here. He's 12 there. He's number nine here. He's essentially a consensus top 10 quarterback at at the end of the day in the entire, he's top 15. Okay. Top 15 in the country. That's very respectable. And that's someone who should be committed to places like Georgia, see interest from Penn state, uh, Mm -hmm. wherever, right. Any, any school in the country is going to want his services, but Georgia kind of stabbed him in the back. He's been committed since 2022. Dylan Rayola decommits from Ohio State, draws interest from Nebraska because he's got got a family member, of course, right, on the staff. And Mm -hmm. people were led to believe that he's going to be a Cornhusker. He could start all three years with no questions asked. He ends up committing to Georgia. Georgia, of course, the facilities, the winning, the the talent around them, like the program's just kind of second to none at this point. So I get why mm-hmm. Dylan chooses them over Nebraska, who's kind of in a rebuilding phase. Uh, even though I do, I, I hate to say it, I do like the situation that is going on with Matt Rule there uh, at the helm. But more the the point I'm trying to make is that they went out with Puglisi in the fold, and they said, "Well, we don't think that's good enough, so we're going to go get Dylan, the number one quarterback in the country." When we already built this relationship with you. So how, how do you think Puglisi might be feeling in, in all of that? I know he's not afraid of the competition, but man, that kind of, that kind of stings that they basically said, you're not good enough for us. Yeah. So on the record, he's saying all the right things um, uh, before, um, like I was saying before, Adam Freeman went up to new England to check out on a lot of these guys. And he spoke to Puglisi and Puglisi is like, I've been talking to them for months. They, we always knew they were going to take another quarterback. Now, mind you, I agree with that statement. I don't agree with the fact that he thought it was going to be the number one quarterback in the country. Yeah. I think he probably thought, all right, I'll be their number one. And this happens a lot when they take two quarterbacks. It's like there's a clear number one guy. I'm like, I don't want to say it's like a Drew Alar, Bo Prabula type situation, but like everyone knew Drew was the better of the two. Now it's like, oh, oh my God. Like, all right, you just took one that's probably a little bit better than me. Like now I'm kind of like I'm iffy on my commitment now because – you kind of told me you were taking one, but you didn't tell me it was going to be this guy. Like, 
So I, I would be a little, uh, I'd, I'd keep an eye on it. Like, like I said before, Penn state's pushing pretty hard and, uh, you know, they're going to sell the whole, uh, Hey, they already have Dylan in there. Like, are you really going to even play behind Dylan? So yeah. even if Dylan, if you red shirt, maybe Dylan red shirts, and then you're both kind of in a tricky situation. And they got, I, I can't name the entire Bulldogs depth chart, but I oh, know brought, like a long time ago, not too long ago, Brock Vandergriff was one of the top quarterbacks in the country, and he's still mm-hmm. young. He still could play for and start for multiple years. Who's to say that Dylan's going to go in right away uh, and have an opportunity? And then you factor in Puglisi's situation. So as we wrap up this first part of it, Richie, uh, what are the chances that what, – what kind of odds would you place that Penn State – does have a legitimate shot at because it's a similar situation, right? Georgia yeah. has two quarterbacks. Penn State technically, if they were to get somebody else, would have two quarterbacks. It's not even about Puglisi. There's other targets that they would like to bring in. A mm-hmm. uh, uh, Miles O'Neill, for example. But what is the chance that Penn State does in fact land someone the caliber of Puglisi later in this cycle like this? I don't think it's unheard of. I, I hate putting numbers on things, so I'm going to keep it kind of low here. I'm going to go around okay. like a 30% chance. I know they def, like I said before, they def, this staff definitely wants a second quarterback in that class. Yeah. Who it's going to be, I don't know. You mentioned Miles O'Neill, who's on campus um, this Monday. He's also taking visits to AM and Michigan State very soon. So that's one you kind of got to figure out pretty quickly. Um, Puglisi obviously committed to Georgia. Um, there's a couple other names too. I know Tyler Cherry, they offered out of the Midwest. He's another guy to keep an eye on, but he um, just committed to Duke. Oh, he did. Okay. That's yep. my fault then. That's my yep. mistake completely. So that one's out completely then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it's, those are the two names I'd probably keep the closest eye on, but I, I think they're going to push really hard to get Puglisi on campus for an official visit, whether that becomes made public knowledge or not. That's a different story. Yeah, so many dominoes fell on just Saturday, May 20th, right? Mm-hmm. Tyler Cherry committing yeah. to Duke, Michael Van Buren committing to Oregon, <laughs> and then Ethan Grunkmeyer committing to Penn State. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the Penn State commit himself, Grunkmeyer, in the second segment. First, let, let's hear from our sponsor of today's episode, and that is Built. Are you looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all of the sugar and calories? Totally understand. Then you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever. That is Built. You've got to try this. If you're like me, where you want to make healthy, your snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste. The thing for you is Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. Seriously, they're so amazing, you're not going to think they're good for you. You got to try them. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That is right, real dark chocolate. And they come in unbelievably tasty flavors, churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. Just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been saying go to Built.com, which you still can do. You can go get your specialty flavors at Built.com. But now you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That is right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk over to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff, and your close to a Sam's Club, a run in and grab yourself a 13 bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter puff and churro puff. You can thank me later. And again, thanks so much for making Lockdown Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. Again, go check out happyvalleyinsider.com. Penn State Rivals making Lockdown Nittany Lions your go-to podcast. And we're bringing in one of those experts from Penn State Rivals. That is Richie over there. Richie, 
There's, yes, the conversation. I would love Penn State to get both Ryan Puglisi and Ethan Grunkmeyer. I, I mm-hmm. think that takes a lot of pressure off of the class of 2025 as well. But Grun- mm-hmm. even if they don't land Puglisi, uh, even if they don't get someone like Miles O'Neill, and Miles O'Neill holds a lot of respectable offers and interest as well, I, I think Grunkmeyer alone takes a lot of pressure off of the class of 2025 because it was about, okay, getting Cutter Bowley. And I know Cutter Bowley is going to reclassify to 2024, but the conversation was, well, they need to land that big gem, whether it was Brian Montgomery or Malik Washington, who Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about here at the tail end of this episode, this part one. We're going to have a part two about the New Jersey Rivals camp. (laughs) But Ethan Grunkmeyer was so good. The thing that stood out to the co- – I'm going to quote the Elite 11 coaches here and, and the executives and, of course, the president, Brian Stump. Consistency. Mm-hmm. Ethan Grunkmeyer was the most consistent quarterback out of everybody there, and we're talking Georgia commits. We're talking South Carolina commits. We're talking Rutgers commits. We're talking Power 5 conference commits, kids that are going to land at Power 5 schools when they ultimately do make that commitment, and Ethan Grunkmeyer – got the invitation handed to him, the eighth out of 20. So he wasn't the last one to make like, well, we need a last second entry. No, he is the eighth of 20 quarterbacks they plan to invite overall. Richie, just how impressed have you been with Ethan Grunkmeyer's ascension in, in this recruiting process? Yeah, it's, it's been kind of crazy. Uh, I guess a month ago, he was when he first earned a Penn State offer. And that's kind of when I started doing my, my little research uh, on him and just kind of learning more about him as a quarterback he puts up good really good numbers for a team that's that's not so good no offense to his high school but right that they don't put they don't have a great record um but 2500 yards 25 touchdowns to eight interceptions it's it's pretty darn good and then the more you watch his tape the more you could see how like productive he is he like i said before his team's not the best but he still shows out on film and still shows that he's a very very good quarterback he goes through his reads he doesn't uh focus in on that one wide receiver like some guys tend to do, especially at the high school level. And that, that's just a lo- little bit of a learning curve there too. But uh, he's also kind of mobile. Uh, I, I know it's not yeah. his, his forte, I would um, kind of talk or say, but he can move if need be. Um, but he has a good arm, solid arm. He's accurate. And like you mentioned before, and uh, like uh, I guess I should say what the 0811 mentioned, he's consistent no matter what it is. He's got the same throwing motion every single time, same accurate ball. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan. I think he's only going to move up in the rankings. I think, uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think we have him pretty low right now. Yeah. He'll be, I, I won't, I won't go ahead and say a five-star, you know, that takes a lot to, Mm -hmm. to be a five-star, but he's definitely, he plays like a four-star right now in this moment on this very day in, in late May here. And I think he'll show that with this. I, I personally think that he will be ranked above Michael Van Buren at the end of the day, because I thought that was an interesting point. And that's something that uh, coaches at elite 11 brought up as well, is Mm -hmm. that he's leading this team to the success that they are seeing. They're not a powerhouse. They don't have all these all-stars running around. So he's not being lifted up by this uh, amazing supporting cast. And I'm not trying to criticize a high school football team. Okay. But understand the nature of this. Whereas Michael Van Buren goes to St. Francis Academy, goes to a school where in the state of Maryland, other schools refuse to play them because of how much of a powerhouse they are. That's the thing. The best schools in Maryland will not even play St. Francis Academy. There was the whole discussion, the debate that St. Francis shouldn't be included uh, in any sort of conference play just because. And that's and that's a respect and a testament to the coaching staff and what mm-hmm. they build there. But in that same idea, right? 
Michael Van Buren has a lot of talent to go to, and they're playing good competition. I was looking at the up uh, the upcoming schedule for them. Saint Saint John Bosco's out in California, who's always top ten, top yeah. five in the country overall. Uh, IMG Academy to finish the season. They have a pretty loaded schedule, and Michael Van Buren has played up to that talent, which is a good test to see what he what he can do. But I, I think that Ethan Grunkmeyer has shown that he can play with different levels of competition, different levels of talent, and still remain consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Michael Van Buren, you know, it stings to miss out on him as a prospect for Penn State, but I I, I want to again put to rest that Penn State did not settle for Ethan. They, they got the prospect that they wanted. They got the prospect that other schools wanted. And ultimately, you know, you lose one, you lose two, right? Chrome and Hoke was in that same conversation and Van Buren uh, as well. But ultimately, I, I think that Penn State fans will be more excited about Grunkmeyer at the end of the day than the prospect of Van Buren or Chrome and Hoke. Yeah, I think at this point, we just have to trust Mike Yersich. He knows what he's doing. He, yeah. he, he's clearly recruiting at a different level right now in terms of quarterback recruiting. Um, just not just the Drew Alars and the Bo Prabulas and now Ethan Grunkmeyer, but let's, let's just look at the rest of the elite 11 list. He was going after Luke Cromenhoek, who's uh, also a finalist, and also Trevor Jackson they offered recently just got his finals invite. Like These are all guys that like Penn State's been after for quite some time. So it's it's not crazy to say like he might be one of the best talent evaluators in the country when it comes to quarterbacks. So. Yeah. Um, I think you just got to trust your sitch and just trust his eye for talent. And it's clear he has a good one. Yeah. Trevor Jackson too, right? He's got an offer from Penn state, mm-hmm. someone who was lower on the, uh, lower on the rankings. He's more of a three-star and someone who's in the twenties or so when it comes to, oh, yeah, overall quarterback ranking. So yeah, Mike Yersich is a quarterback whisper. He's someone that I did. And that's the thing. Ohio State passed on Drew and Ethan, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Mike Yersich is like, hey, we're showing you some love. Why don't you come over? So they're they're building relationships with guys that are just being disrespected from the start. They saw Drew and, and they looked at Aller and they said, this is someone we project as a really good quarterback. And he vaulted from someone who was a three-star all the way to a top three quarterback in the country. So Mike Yersich and James Franklin, I hate that Penn state does have to play the long game here because this is a different conversation and and a different debate as well, Richie, and probably something Mm -hmm. that you and I could have because I I think about Jalen Matthews, who's getting attention from Georgia and other big name schools and and guys that have Penn state has recruited all along Michael Van Buren for three Mm -hmm. years. And then Oregon just kind of swoops in and says, Nope, we want him and we can offer him different things that you can't, and they end up losing out. Like they have to play the long three, four, five year process. I wish mm-hmm. that Penn State was in a position where they could say, "Hey, we like you." And and that's what, essentially what they did with Ethan Grunkmeyer. They they scouted him, they had conversations with him, and it went very quickly. But yeah. I, I do hate that other programs kind of basically come in and they swoop in and take prospects that Penn State has been courting for a very long time. Yeah, so I, I can tell you this though, uh, Clemson wanted wanted Grunkmeyer, Grunkmeyer really bad. They wanted him to visit, and they tried to get him to visit. He said, "I'm all Penn State all the way." And, awesome. And there you go. There now he doesn't get the the Clemson offer on his profile. But end of the day, you, you just beat out a pretty uh pretty good ACC team over the past couple of years. Maybe not last year, but 
Yeah. National champion, right? Not too long ago. So yeah. that I mean, that's Dabo Sweeney still is a respectable program. I still consider them top 10 in general when it comes yeah. to just overall uh, power rankings, uh, even though they might go nine and three in a select mm-hmm. season. Right. They were they're not. They're not far removed from college football playoff contention either. They could be right back in it because they just got a top three quarterback in their class uh, not too long ago. So, uh, but again, Locked on Nittany Lions, your go-to podcast for Penn State rivals. Visit happyvalleyinsider.com for all the latest in Penn State athletics. In this final segment, uh, Richie, you and I still think that Penn State is going to get a second quarterback. There were all, there were dozens uh, of talented guys. Of course, some of them are committed, but there's some other targets that Penn State is speaking with. We've already dropped them. O'Neal, Hebert as well. And Malik Washington, I think, is someone that people need to start recognizing. He's already someone that's top 10 in the country. I I think he's a likable prospect in terms of both his on-field abilities and what he is like off the field. He's a really cool kid. Let's start with the ones that have been a little more in terms of making the headlines. Miles O'Neal and Blake Hebert. Uh, Could Penn What's the likelihood that Penn State is going to land one or both of them? Great, because O'Neill's in 2024 mm-hmm. and Hebert's in 2025. Yeah, so being from New Jersey, I'm very familiar with uh, Miles O'Neill. He, actually, they have another quarterback um, behind him that won. I, I'm not going to dive into it too far, but he won yeah. Rivals Camp quarterback MVP yesterday as a, the backup quarterback there. So it's like it's a talent oh. of uh, riches, embarrassment of riches, I should say, over yeah. there at uh, the Hunt School in New Jersey. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think they have a really good shot at Miles O'Neill. I talked to his coach, I talked to Miles, just going back and forth, just seeing what his vibe was like kind of going into this visit on Monday. And mm-hmm. he, he just kept raving about it. And then I'm just like, all right, like, do, do I have to? Like, I talked to his coach, I was like, do I have to get like a commitment article already? Like, what's the deal here? Yeah, future cast, <laughs> put that in. Like, yeah. come on, give me a little scoop here. And he he's like, no, not yet. He's got two more visits. Let him take those visits and then we'll see. So he's going to visit Texas A&M later this week. And I think Michigan's on the weekend, I believe, too. And then uh, they'll kind of go from there, sit down and put all the options on the table. And then uh, they'll probably end up committing, um, I want to say, either late May, early June, depending on uh, whenever they they sit down as a family and discuss. But I think Penn State has a really good shot. He's very high on the program. He's very high on Yursich again. um, This is a guy that I don't think many Penn State fans even knew who he was uh, about, what, two or three weeks ago when he got the offer. And it's like, another three-star and that's all I see is everyone saying another three-star, another three-star. And it's like, relax that the final ranking is the one that counts at the end of the day. It's yeah. not the three-star he gets right now. Um, but I think, again, I think it's another kid that's better than his ranking. And yeah. I think at the end of the day, you'll probably see Ethan with a fourth star. And I think this kid will be close, if not pushing for that fourth star um, when it's all said and done. And then class of 2025, I think if they land two in the class of 2024, Penn State should not feel any pressure because it was about landing basically a double or a triple here mm-hmm. in the in 2024 and then getting the home run grand slam for 2025. But Cutter Bully reclassifies and then now you can at least I'm not saying you back off. Right. Georgia every single year's go goes after their top target. Right. Mm-hmm. And for 2025, that's. Ryan Montgomery out of the state of Ohio. I think he'll end up going to Ohio state. Yeah. That's what, but Penn state really does like him as a prospect. Somebody else they like as prospects, Blake Hebert, who was at the elite 11 in state college and Malik mm-hmm. Washington, two guys who were <laughs> five minutes away from Penn state when they were throwing the football around mm-hmm. uh, Malik Washington, at least from what I've seen is projected to Penn state at, at the end of the day. 
it seems like experts, I know it's well out. He's not going to make a commitment yeah. tomorrow. And, and same with Hebert. But those two kids, uh, experts seem confident that those guys will land with the Nittany Lions. Yeah, so he's been on campus quite a few times already. Um, just we're talking Malik Washington here. Um, mm-hmm. He was on campus twice for games in October, November. I forget what it was exactly. But uh, I know he was on campus for two games this past fall. Um, Yursich, again, Yursich is just going to lead this quarterback room. And it's not just him. I should uh, give credit to Danny O'Brien as well. Yeah, He's another guy who's an up-and-coming coach that I, I'm shocked he's still at Penn State right now because I, I have a feeling Don't say it too loud. I Don't. know. <laughs> it's tough. But, uh, yeah, no, Malik Washington's going to be one of – he's already one of the best kids in his class. I think he's 125 overall for us and, like, yep. top top 10 quarterback, yep. something like that. Yep. But, uh, yeah, he's he's a freak athlete. He's going to be a really good prospect. Now, in terms of where he's leaning, I'd argue Penn State, like you said, because the fact that he hasn't really visited anywhere else. Now, will that change once he makes more visits? Potentially. Or um, Penn State continues to prove that they're pretty good uh, pretty good recruiters of the DMV area, and that's, that's right yep. in his uh, bread and butter. Yeah. Yeah. Maryland. He goes, I, cause I actually grew up not too far from Archbishop Spalding. So mm-hmm. I have, I guess a little bit of a soft spot for, yeah. <laughs> for wanting him to go to Penn state. Uh, just any, DeMatha, good counsel, kind of any of those schools, right. Mm-hmm. Being around them. Uh, and then there's Blake Hebert uh, as well. Someone who I, I thought, again, nobody had really a poor performance at elite 11, but again, that co- level of competition is just so escalated that mm-hmm. that margin for error is limited. You can't have an off day. And some kids did have an off day, but I thought that uh, Hebert and I thought Washington too, but I Washington made a lot of good throws when they were doing live wide receivers and defensive backs with the all 22 kids. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Hebert, I think it, in spurts showed out as well. Yeah. I, I think Hebert's a really good prospect. I, I, again, I was saying before this new England area is just full of talent. And I, I feel like they kind of get screwed over a bit when it comes to rankings wise, because we don't get to see them as much because they don't really play a national schedule. Like you were saying, St. Francis does before yep. and stuff like that. And they, when you play local schools in Massachusetts, you can't convince me there's many good football programs in Massachusetts. So uh, most of the good kids are either going to leave and go to the Connecticut preps that I was mentioning before, and they all kind of play each other, or they're going to go somewhere else completely and, play a higher level of football, but I think Hebert's actually a really underrated target for Penn state. Um, he's still new to the recruiting process. So he's still trying to learn everything, but he's got really good size at like a legitimate six, three, six, four, two twenty already. So he's, he's got a good build for a 2025 kid. Yeah, and Washington isn't small either. He's six no. foot five, two hundred. I think personally, I think he can bulk up his frame a little bit, but he's more of uh, he's got some mobility to him. I, I like them both as prospects. I'm glad I got to see them in person at yeah. the Elite Eleven in State College. Just Richie, any other general takeaways for the Elite Eleven and, and what was going on, both from what you've heard from me, from Dylan, from other guys on the ground? No, no. I mean, Luke Reynolds, I've, I've just, everyone keeps raving about him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds like he's a freak athlete. He's a, he's a guy that was playing quarterback at this time last year. So we might, he might've saw him throwing the football last year at this point, but, uh, he's not a, he's not a quarterback anymore. I got to see him at the Under Armour camp over in New Jersey. Uh, I want to say a month, not even a month ago, a couple weeks ago. And, uh, I was like, who's that guy? And I was like, Oh my God, that's Luke Reynolds. What the heck? Like, Oh my yeah. God, this kid's good. And it, it was raining. It was pouring. And he, he had his gloves on, and he just ripped off his gloves. He goes, I don't need them. And I was like, oh, here we go. Tough guy. And all of a sudden, he catches everything. I'm like, yeah, it's like downpouring rain. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this kid's hands are ridiculous. Who put him at quarterback in the first place? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah no, it just sounds – and he got an all-22 invite, it sounds like, too. So, yeah. he, uh, 
he's just he's going to be such a good player. And it's it's again, it's that New England area that's just producing talent nonstop. And Penn State's in pretty good with the coaching staff up the coaches up there too. I got to speak to a couple of them this weekend, and they they all keep raving about um how well they just uh, evaluate talent and get in early on recruitments. Yeah, and that's Ty Howe right now, the tight ends coach for Penn State, and he's done such an incredible – someone who was an offensive lineman for Penn State, uh, and now he's the tight ends coach, and he's kind of continuing that trend because they did so well beforehand with him, Mm -hmm. uh, before him, and now he's he's leading the way, and Penn State can – I think they're in the conversation for tight end you because you have Mike Kosicki, you have Pat Fryermuth, and now you have all the right. Brenton Strange just went in the second round. Mm-hmm. Theo Johnson, Tyler Warren, and then all these prospects that are coming along the way, not only in the class of 2023, but again, Luke Reynolds will have a four star, might end up being, I think, a top five tight end when all yeah. said and done uh, in the country. I, I think that's very realistic for him. Would not shock me one bit. He's, like I said, he's been very impressive this spring. That wraps up part one. Okay, so Richie, while I was in state college for the Elite 11, you got to go to the, you know, go figure. You went to the Rivals <laughs> camp uh, in New Jersey, right? Yeah. Uh, with what And you do with uh, Rutgers. So mm-hmm. Penn State had some interesting prospects or at least guys that they are scouting as well over at that camp. So in part two, Richie, you and I are going to chat about those players. Uh, but be- as we wrap this one up, where can people keep up with the work that you do again? Yeah, um, so happyvalleyinsider.com. It's uh, the go-to site for Penn State rivals. Um, any Penn State content, actually, really, not just football. We do basketball recruiting coverage, uh, basketball coverage in general, wrestling, you name it, and it's probably on our site somewhere, whether it be the message board or the front page. And then also you can follow me on Twitter, at RivalsRitchie. Um, I just tweet out just about anything and everything under the sun, whether it be videos, jokes, uh, a little corny jokes at times, but uh, – they're, they're pretty funny. I get a little giggle out of it. <laughs> as long as you think they're funny. No, I, th- I like I like I like following your Twitter. I, I really do. And of course, you can follow the show Locked on Nittany as well. But that's going to do it for part one. Check out part two, which is going to be right behind this episode on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.